good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. It's breakfast somewhere, so eat up. Welcome to Breakfast with Vinny. Food for thought. Yes. Okay. Perfect. So today is a great, great day for me because of my dear friend. He's a special guest with us. He has played in the studio or on tour with Face to Face. My Chemical Romance, The Offspring, Devo, Saves the Day, Alkaline Trio, Rob Halford, Chris Shiflett, and uh, and is also as well as uh, with the Tim Pool Band um, and his new band called The Defiant. Please welcome my very special guest and dear friend, Pete Parada. Hi, Vinny. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, Pete. Thanks for coming on. So... Yeah, we got a lot to talk about being fellow drummers and uh, and also sharing a you know a similar kind of um, existential you know plight as it were or experience. Um, yeah, yeah. But but as a drummer, Pete, uh, you you actually um, you actually went to to MI in Hollywood, right? I did. Yeah. Right, and yep. you and in you, uh, mm -hmm. ninety one to ninety three. Got it. Got it. Because I think that. That uh, you you know some some friends of mine that that also had worked there and um, I'll toss Panos and uh, and mm -hmm. uh, did you know Gary Garbatini at all? I didn't. Toss Panos was one of my um, like private counselors mm -hmm. that you know I met with once a week and right. he he was he was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's great, great, great man. And so you came out from you're originally from New York, right? Yeah, upstate New York, about okay. an hour south of Rochester, in a little tiny town called Arkport. <laughs> All right. We both come from small towns. I'm from a small town of Pennsylvania too. So, you know, nice. yeah, you know, and we, we wanted to come to Hollywood lights, the big city. Hey, but, but, um, but LA has, has changed a lot as well. And, um, in, in ways that, that, that have been reflective of the changes in the industry, um, you know, that have been sort of happening for years now, but I think, I think the one thing that accelerated it was when it was 2020, you know, and then, you know, you, your particular plight was cast into the spotlight and you told your story and, and it's now public knowledge that your doctor gave you a medical exemption due to your history of terrible reactions to vaccines and taking one could even put your life in danger. So, uh, is there something that, um, that you would sort of like to pick up on and and parlay right now about that about when this whole pandemic started and you you suddenly had a huge life change yeah for sure i mean you know i can briefly recap you know what went down two years ago now for me with uh my band you know when everything shut down in 2020 for the music industry for touring for everyone everywhere um, there wasn't any work. There wasn't anything anybody could do. Like you said, some people went online, tried to, you know, do Patreons or start podcasts or, or find a new way to, to keep going. But a lot of people were just kind of waiting it out to see when we could get back on tour. And the problem was when you spent a year and a half, you know, terrifying the population and, you know, blasting them with fear all day that you can't go outside. It's not safe. Don't gather in groups. Don't be around people. When all of a sudden the industry decides it's time to make money again, how do you unring that bell? You know, how do you how do you go? Oh, uh, oh, it's fine now. It's all clear. Come on out. And I think what 
what was put together was, you know, the idea of a fully vaccinated tour, you know, to make people feel like it's okay to, to come back out and be in crowds and be around things. So that, that seemed to be where it got started, you know, in, in June of 21 shows were starting to roll back out and you had, you know, you had artists like Foo Fighters doing shows where you had to show a proof of vaccination, even in the audience to get in. And I think they only did two or three of those and then kind of abandoned it. But that, that set the precedent that was enough to make everybody else get in line and say, okay, well, we've got to do this now because they did this now. And so I kind of knew that it was headed my direction and, you know, had some discussions with my band about, you know, what to do, my situation, uh, my reluctance to get vaccinated because my own medical history. And, you know, while I thought we were figuring things out, I get a phone call out of the blue from their manager who just, you know, went full flamethrower on me, screaming and belittling and threatening and just didn't care what I had to say, screaming over top of me, not, nothing, none of my arguments mattered, you know, just basically made it crystal clear that I was to get vaccinated or I would be replaced. And, you know, it was a shocking call. Like I remember going back upstairs to my wife and being like, I don't even know what just happened. Like this was like a firing squad, did not expect it. Didn't know what to make of it. So I, you know, contacted the guys in the band and I said, Hey, you know, here's what happened today. Um, and you know, you're a drummer managers, hate drummers, you know, no one, no one cares about us and especially in, in band situations and stuff. So no one's going to make special treatment for the drummer. You know, that's just not how it goes. And I'd said that I'm like, look, I've been doing this for two decades. I'm used to being treated poorly by managers, but this was a new level, like beyond anything that I'd ever experienced. It was out of line. It was unnecessary. Like I'm a pretty easygoing, compliant person, you know, have a conversation with me, but there was, there was no conversation. It was do this or you're out and, you know, took it to them. They backed him up. Mm. You know, there, you know, we tried to have a little bit more back and forth, but it deteriorated pretty rapidly. And, um, you know, the next thing I know, everything is radio silence. I find out that I'm replaced when my, I check my Southwest app to see if my flight to rehearsal is still there. And that's been canceled. And then later that day, my, uh, access to the band's work calendar is revoked and just ghosted and done, just abandoned. That was it. And then they, you know, replaced me and moved on. And so I, I let it sit for a month because I was, I was shocked. I was like in disbelief, like what, I can't believe this is happening. Like my whole career is crumbling over this issue and I can't make any headway talking to anybody about it. And so I really just kind of took some time to kind of grieve it and give them space to see if they would come back around or see what was happening and heard nothing for a month. So, you know, I put out a statement just letting people know what happened. Cause for me, you know, I wasn't trying to make waves. I wasn't looking to be a spectacle. Um, I was just trying to let people know that I'm out of a job and I need work. I mean, we've all been out of work for a year and a half and now I am, you know, completely bone dry out of work. So number one, I, I wanted to let people know, Hey, I need work. If anybody's looking for a drummer here, I am number two, was to let like they were about to go on tour. They had a show in Nashville. You know, I had people that I know here hitting me up for tickets. So all these shows that I know I'm not going to be at anymore. 
Um, so I wanted to let people know and not have to have the same conversation 500 times with every person that's like, Hey, can I come? No, I'm not going to be there. What happened? Uh, it was just seemed easier to just say it once and be done. And number three to, to speak up about it because it wasn't right. Like, you know, regardless of, you know, my medical exemption, which mattered not one bit to anyone. And that was the point, you know, we, we keep hearing people going, well, everyone's got to get this shot because we need to protect the people who can't, but those people are always nameless, faceless people. If you're actually someone there going, Hey, I'm one of those people. Here's my exemption. It's like, no, no, screw you. You got to get it too. We're not talking about you. We're talking about the, the other people. And so I wanted to show that it didn't matter. It like all of the posturing and the virtue signaling, it didn't matter. Um, and that if I was getting leaned on, everybody was getting leaned on crew members, band members throughout the industry and not just the music industry, just public life in general. Everyone was divided on this issue. Are you going to get this? Are you not? Are you going to be that guy that's going to cause a problem? Right. And so, but mostly like the, the biggest point I was trying to make was to my daughters, um, to show them that there's no opportunity whether it's a job or financial stability or whatever, that's worth giving up your sovereignty, your bodily sovereignty, or going against what you know is, is you know, don't do something that's wrong for you just for some opportunity or to make somebody else happy. Um, and, you know, my kids are teenagers. At that point, they don't listen anymore, but they watch. They see, they learn from your actions. And I had to show them with my actions, this is how you stand up. And it's going to suck. And, you know, we do everything as a family. My wife and I and our two daughters, we talk everything through. We travel as a pack. We make decisions together. And we we all knew, like, this is going to be... At the time, I thought putting out this statement will either just be a little whatever and let people know I'm not there anymore and it'll go away, or I'm going to get met with a firing squad like I've never seen and, you know, be canceled. And, and you know, but we did it anyway. I remember sending it to one of my best friends right before we released it. And I was just like putting this up right now, bracing for impact. And within an hour, um, all this support started rolling in. And it was super, super bizarre because I didn't expect that. I just expected flamethrowers and shitty comments and assholes, you know, yeah. trying to show up and light me on fire. And there was such a groundswell of support and so many people from all around the world, this thing got shared everywhere. And people are like, Hey, thank you for saying something. I thought I was the only one that felt this way. Oh my God. I thought I was alone in this. And that, that was the thing I realized I'm like, Oh, everyone thinks they're alone in this because we're fed this propaganda all day that everyone has to do this. You have to get on board. There's no reason not to, and you have to protect the people that can't, and you have to do this and you have to do that. And, and if you don't want to, you're, you're a bad person and you're the only one. If you don't want to get on board with this, right. you're, you, you know, you're missing the boat and yeah. it wasn't the case. And that the amount of support of people that showed up was really like heartwarming and, and, you know, helpful while everything was so devastating. I mean, there was a, after that for a couple months, I mean, I didn't say anything after that. We put the statement out. I said what I wanted to say. I didn't say anything bad about anybody. I was just giving my reasons for not being there and also saying that regardless of my reasons for not doing this, nobody should have to do this. And no, no is a complete sentence, especially where something like this being mandated, where that's involved. 
you know, you don't need a reason. You don't need to to run around telling people why you should be able to say no, but that didn't seem like an option and nobody was saying anything. And so it was like, well, we got to say something here. This mm. isn't right. And I didn't want it to keep happening again. And I sure. think now as we head into another unknown fall of fear mongering with the, yeah. the new variant of whatever, it's just like, all right, did we all learn anything the last couple of years? Because yeah. even people that got the vaccine and got on board, I get messages now saying like, hey, I, I did it. I did my two shots or I did my booster. I'm done. I'm not doing this. I don't oh, yeah. feel good about it. Yeah. I didn't, you know, when there was so much coercion flying around, yeah. you know, when the mayor of New York is eating a cheeseburger oh, on please. TV for breakfast and going, oh, look, and you get French fries too, if you get this shot. And it was, you know, lottery ticket yeah. entrance. All that and nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And it's like, that's, if you've got to resort to coercion, then you're, you know, your argument's off to a bad start. Absolutely. And it, yeah. So it was, it was super sketchy and it, you know, I, it was tough to to navigate that. And I was a wreck for a couple of months. Like I didn't want to play drums anymore. I hated everything. Like I was really super depressed in a dark place. Like my wife and my daughter, somebody had eyes on me at all times. Like, um, and you know, me and you connected around that time and, mm -hmm. and became friends and stuff. And, you know, I'm sure there's a difference in the version of me sitting here today than the version the first time that we talked, you know, which yeah. was shell shocked in mm -hmm. the in the moment of everything happening. But, you know, I said what I wanted to say. I didn't do any interviews. I got hit up from every major news network. Every possible person wanted to have me on, but I didn't trust that anybody had my best interest at heart. I didn't, you know, I didn't feel the need to go clarify anything. Mm -hmm. It was pretty clear in my statement. And I wasn't trying to make a spectacle about me or make a spectacle about the band. That's not what it was about. I mean, this was you know, they're not an isolated incident here. Right. There were so many more bands doing the same thing to people, forcing it on their crews yeah. and their bands, yeah. Yeah. but not their audiences because the venues left it up to the artist. Do you want to enforce a, a mandate? And, you know, that's bad for business. So, you know, mandating it on your crew and your band, good for business because you get to go, we're a fully vaccinated tour. We're so safe and benevolent, but not going to mandate it on your fans because you don't want to cannibalize that money. So, you know, it's not about protecting people. It wasn't about science. It nope. was about protecting profits and finding a way to go back on tour without taking heap loads of crap from the general public. And yeah. that's yeah. that was a tough needle to thread. And, mm. you know, but shows came back and people came back. And regardless of whether the tours were fully vaccinated, they all caught COVID anyway. Yeah, My guys all caught COVID without me there to blame. So, you know. What was it all for? Other well, then forget about, yeah. forget about <laughs> what was it all for past tense? What is it all for? Because it's continuing. And you, yep. you know, you, you've already stated that clearly, what are we going to be in for this fall? But that, that was, there's a lot to unpack there. And so, so once again, the dollar is worth more than, than human life at the end of the day, as evidenced by those actions. A lot of this is mind boggling because so much stuff has come out and so much has has been revealed by very credible sources uh, and people that have been questioning this from the beginning. And really th the important thing is that that they are able to question it. Well, you weren't even allowed to though. No. You were you were shamed and scorned for having any kind of questions or looking into it. Right. You know? 
but but that was just being done with media shaming but it got eventually got worse because um because of um you know actually like for example as, as soon as as Elon Musk got Twitter and took it was like within a day or two there was this bureau of misinformation that went mm-hmm. up on Twitter instilled by the government that was I thought that's not too obvious is it you know Orwell must be rolling around in his grave so yeah. but but you know I just skipped over a big chunk of time there uh, and <laughs> you know I did and and so I uh, you know I had I my thing wasn't sort of um I mean, it was similar to yours in only in that, in that, you know, I ended up losing work and, and, you know, in a sense being ostracized as many of us were. And so, so now full disclosure here, um, I myself am not vaccinated and I didn't take it. I didn't want to take it. I refused it. And I, I, you know, that's my choice because this particular thing that's being propagated is not something that I feel is should even have been released on the public, regardless of how advanced and touted this technology is supposed to be and how long it's been in development for and blah, 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 blah. No thanks, because of many reasons, which we could all cite. And and uh, so, so, yeah, I didn't. And then it sort of became like, well, sorry, you can't go and do this tour because you need to be vaxxed because the band and crew are, and we want to protect them. And studios would open and then studios would close and, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And then, you know, the phone stopped ringing and, you know, not only did the phone stop ringing, but I felt increasingly isolated from friends or people that I thought were my friends. Because now I've been framed as you're the guy that's the enemy. You, you would kill grandma, you know, and... You, you know, I can't be around you because you don't care about me. You only care about yourself and you're selfish. And I'm thinking, well, if you're, if you've taken this thing and it's supposed to protect you from me, then how am I the danger? How am I the yep. danger? And, and which one is really vulnerable? If I'm unvaxxed, I should be vulnerable. You know, I should be able to be around you. No problem. But nope, I was the enemy. And, you know, what do you do when people say, you know, my uncle died from it. I can't be callous and say, okay, but don't you understand, you know, and try to come back with the the continuation of the fact that, you know, this jab hasn't done anything. You, you can't really respond like that because it is, it's not timely. Let's face it. And, you know, rather than, and I'm not going to come back and go, well, did he have any other comorbidities? You know, did he take the vaccine? Because now, since that's happened, there have been a ton, tons of evidence come out that, you know, these kinds of events have happened after vaccines and yada, yada, yada. And we can all bring receipts. As you and I well know, there were therapeutics that were completely poo-pooed from the beginning and uh, you know we saw we saw a ton of stuff coming out where uh there were doctors that were saying hey wait a minute you know there was these two urgent care doctors from bakersfield actually that were talking about what they saw and man they just got blasted and squelched you know the people yeah. looked at them like they were nuts meanwhile i i, I mean if you want to talk about hey you know uh, my uncle died i when it starts coming into your orbit, then it's a different story. Meaning that 
I now, after over two years, finally, finally have people close to me that I know were damaged by this thing. And, you know, three close friends of mine, one of them took the jab, immediately told me that he was hospitalized and almost died. Another friend of mine went into the hospital. He was not vaccinated. He got COVID. He went into the hospital. They put him on remdesivir. Oh God. Yeah. And then he went into a coma and then he put, they put him on a ventilator and then he went into organ failure. You can guess what happened next. Yeah. He died. So, and they couldn't stop the hospital from doing that. So that's what they did. Another friend of mine developed shingles. He went to his doctor and said, I got took the you know booster and I got shingles. And his doctor just said, yeah, we've been seeing a lot of that lately. And so <laughs> then he calls me up and I'm like, told you so just doesn't cut it right now, does it? So, you know what I mean? And then another friend of mine who is a doctor, one of my doctors, I saw him recently. And I said, you know, you've been having heart problems, right? And you're a healthy guy. What happened? He said, point blank to me, it all started after I took the shot. So now he had to have this ablation done. He was playing a gig and he went into congestive heart failure and none of this happened. He didn't have one heart problem before that. So, you know, correlation doesn't equal causation. Sometimes it does. So, you know, yeah. I, that, that tired old thing is I'm kind of done hearing that as well because how much, you know, A, it points at B, do you need to see before you really have to take off your skeptical hood and just go, man, please open your eyes. You know, it's just, it's yeah. maddening. You know? Well, you're seeing in such an increase in heart issues and and strokes and things like that, and yeah. you know, and it's always the headline is always doctors are baffled why these things are on the rise, but they know it's not that one thing that everyone just did at the same time. It's they've ruled that out for some reason, but we don't we don't have any other ideas, and it's kind of maddening to watch it happen. It and, is maddening, but but you've seen, I'm sure you've seen as well as I have, and I have. I'm sure I have them bookmarked somewhere in my phone, but there were several of these media uh, blurbs that were compiled by someone, you know, sort of front page things. And when you see eight or nine or 10 of them in a row, um, you know, blaming these, these heart issues on, you know, the most ridiculous things you keep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, mowing the lawn, breathing too much. Yeah. Yeah. Napping. Yeah, yeah, napping, cold weather, hot yeah. weather, climate Video change. Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all they they can cause heart attacks. So yeah. it's 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 like you can't be serious. You you're taking the piss, right? But no, they are serious, and they think we're going to believe it. And yeah. I mean, it's it's just insane. And for for me, I mean, I don't know if you ever had a point where you started or ever developed any skepticism at all, Pete, you had a reason not to take it. But was there a point before this happened to you that did you ever have any kind of doubt or, or you know what I mean, about any of this stuff? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that in a perfect world. Sure, that should have been it. Well, this is a personal choice. I've, I have a history of bad reactions to, yeah. to vaccines and other things. And I don't want to go through that again. And it's not worth it. And I'm not in a you know, I'm healthy. I'm not overweight. I don't take any prescription drugs. I don't have any comorbidities. I'm not in the high risk group, but it is a higher risk for me to take the shot because I have previous injury from that kind of thing before. 
So, you know, makes to me made sense like, hey, I'm I'm not going to take this. Shouldn't be a big deal. Look, I've got an exemption. And there was plenty of people touring on exemptions, but they were all singers. You know, people will make extra, you know, priority for singers. Oh, we'll work around that. But it's like, oh, the drummer, oh, he's just being a stick in the mud. Oh, well, we'll just get somebody else. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of how it goes. And even in the rock world, I mean, to take it back to music for a little bit, you know, in in the country world here in Nashville, like I've got a lot of friends that do those gigs and they're very transient gigs. Like you're in, you're out, you're replaced, you're subbing, there's somebody else there. And, you know, every time you see somebody perform, the band is always kind of in the shadows and you wouldn't know from show to show, oh, is that a different drummer? Oh, is somebody else playing bass? It just happens all the time. But in the rock world, it's very important to that audience that you have a band that you have. Oh, these are the people. They're always there. It's that that's that lineup. That's so. I, so even if you're just a, a hired gun on tour and stuff, they'll still put you in the band photos because it's you know, it has to have the projecting the image of the band and the solidarity and the things like that. So, you know, it was disheartening to say the least that I would see people who were allowed to tour on exemptions, were allowed to play the same venues that, you know, my guys were playing. And I would get hit up from all these other bands that I know that were on these festivals with them going, why are you not here? We're not vaccinated. Nobody asked for paperwork. Like, this is so stupid. And I'm like, I know it's stupid. It's not my call. I'm not in a position of power here. All I can do is hold my own ground and they're going to do what they want to do. I don't have any say in that. Right. And so it was, it was disheartening to know that, you know, that fall in the U S there was not one venue that they played that I could not have played. But, you know, that's the way that they chose to approach things. It was, no, we're not going to look into this. No, we're not going to put any effort into making uh, any effort to work with someone who's been here for 14 years, never missed one day of work in 14 years for any reason, you know, played sick plenty of times. Doesn't, doesn't matter. You know, I like to say I, as, as drummers, we do this a lot, but I, I ate every plate of shit I was ever served. And the first one that I sent back, I was gone. <sighs> and you know, that's, that's how it goes. So, but it's, it's, it's rough to 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 know to watch it happen and and even early on have questions and be asking questions and I you know I sent this to people I wanted to read this to you cuz my wife took this screenshot uh January mm-hmm. 19th 2021 fda.gov and it says this is the FDA's website. Most vaccines that protect from viral illness also reduce transmission of the virus that causes the disease by those who are vaccinated. While it is hoped that this will be the case with this new vaccine, the scientific community does not yet know if the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine will reduce such transmission. On their website, they admit they didn't even test for it. But on TV... Every single one of them out there going safe and effective blocks transmission. The virus stops with every vaccinated person, blah, 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 all, all nonsense, all not based on anything, but where they had to tell the truth on their website that they know nobody's going to go look at, they tell the truth. And I sent that around to some of the smart people that I know, Mm -hmm. people that are supposed to have way more knowledge than me about this. And nobody had an answer, you know, and I would say, why did they test? Why did they base their approval on relative risk reduction, not absolute risk reduction? Relative risk reduction is nonsense. It's basically choose your own adventure. Absolute risk reduction on this stuff, it was less than 1%. 
your rate of dying from this was less than 1%. So exactly. you're telling me that you've created this new novel technology that everyone has to take. Mm -hmm. And the best you can prove is that it does exactly the nothing. Exactly. You're going to have the same result. But, you yeah. know, since they get to use relative risk, they get to go out and say 95% effective, 100% effective, mm -hmm. stops transmission with every person that gets it. And then month by month, it will drop. Well, it's 85%. Well, it's 70% effect. Well, it's 60%. Well, it's 50%. Well, you're going to need another one. And, you know, I tried to point that out. I was like, if you think two shots and you're done and you're just fully protected, you're nuts. Like there's going to be boosters. There's This is going to be a you know, every six month kind of thing. No, yeah. you're crazy. Oh, you're, you're, you're listening to nonsense. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. full of misinformation. Your, your views are extreme. You need to listen to more mainstream sources, mm -hmm. talk to other people with different views. And I'm like, I talk to everybody. I take in everybody's views. Of course. I'm not, I'm not stuck in a bubble here. Cause that's no. the only way we're going to learn anything. I want somebody to bring, show me where I'm wrong. You know, Absolutely. let's have a conversation. I'm not closed off here. I don't no. like living in a bubble and just talking to people that agree with me. That's excruciatingly boring. But, it is. you know, nobody had a good answer other than, well, I still think we all should take it. We're never going to get out of this. And yeah. Well, okay. <sighs> they they spoke about, exactly, relative risk reduction. That was never even mentioned when the, when the media minions just repeated and parroted the same thing, even heads of state. They all said it in unison. You could see videos of it anywhere and everywhere and didn't really walk it back or, or admit that they had egg on their face at no. all. But the people no, just keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing to see here, folks. You know, it's yeah, exactly. Science is settled. And then when it's irrefutable that that didn't work out, well, the science changed. Well, see, but <laughs> like, there you go. Which is it? Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it's sort of like, well, we didn't know as much then. Like, like when, when Jimmy Dore, he said he he had uh, did a, an episode recently. I was watching where he he sent a video of all of these people saying parroting the same thing. If you get this jab, you won't get the virus. And he was like, they lied. And his friend came back and said, we didn't know as much then. We were following the science. And the thing is, is that when you make a definitive statement like that. You're not really making a scientific statement, especially with a with a pathogen or a, a phenomenon that evolves and mutates constantly. That's just what it does. And so, how could you be conclusive, even with lack of the, the proper testing and everything is so new? You would never make that kind of a conclusive statement ever. So, what science are you following? Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. When did science turn into that? And when did it become a a, a consensus? Yeah. When did it be a group of people decided that they all agreed? Well, who agreed that those are the people that make that decision? And, and yeah. who's paying them? Who's funding this research? I love Jimmy Dore's um, stand-up where he's talking about, you know, oh, well, don't do your own research here. Don't do not do it. And he's like, you know, would you tell someone buying a car? Yeah. Don't look into it. Don't do any research. Just just take the take the word of the salesman. You know, yeah. just it's yeah. But it's like, yeah, that's that. To yeah, me, that makes sense. But yeah. but you couldn't question it. And as soon as something can't be questioned, now now my attention is peaked, right? Of course. Now you've got and you know, when no, we can't look at ivermectin and we can't look at these other repurposed drugs that which we've always used repurposed drugs to treat things, but not now because you know, these vaccines were only able to be given out because of an emergency use authorization. And part exactly. of the emergency use authorization is there can be no possible other uh, treatment 
which is why we'll we'll take this in emergency because we have no other options. But now, you know, within the last month, FDA, CDC on their website says, oh yeah, doctors can prescribe ivermectin to treat COVID-19 for sure. Yeah, it works. Yeah, no problem. But, you know, a year ago, two years ago, they're putting out tweets going, you're not a horse, y'all. Yeah. Stop it. Horse paste. And then, yeah. you know, Rogan kind of shut that one down. But even then, they came back and tried to push back with, you know, avail and, uh, you know, you were talking about Jimmy. I saw Jimmy live. It was great. My wife and I saw him live and his, his whole routine was just brilliant about that. But it was interesting that then there was the whole political aspect of it where people before the election were saying, well, anything that Trump talks about, I don't want to have anything to do with. So, yeah. and then suddenly that same vaccine was, you had better take it because our it patience is wearing thin you know, yeah. or yeah, it's the only thing you can do is this vaccine. That's it. There is nothing else, you know? Yep. And if you won't, you're a terrible person. Yeah. You're the worst kind of person. Yeah. Now you're racist. Now you're a white supremacist. Yeah. Now you're right wing extremist, all, all, right wing extremist, all these political stripes. I mean, I got called every name in the book just for saying, Hey, I'd, I'm not going to take this. And it's like, Oh, well now you must be all of these other things. Yeah. And it's like, well, what if I was like these, you're just, you know, it's not insulting to to get my politics wrong, but it's just not accurate <laughs> exactly. and it's lazy. Yeah, you, know? you can't anchor that to my, but they try to do that because those are the kind of people that would do that, you know? And, and Well, they and, try to scare you away. Like they yeah. want to put you in the bad person box yeah. and the virtue signaling that has come up in the last five or six years is so like obnoxiously present everywhere that now it's like, people wake up every day waiting for their marching orders. Like who are we mad at today? Who are we going to cancel? And, yeah. yeah. And they don't understand. It's like, if you're that willy nilly with ruining people's lives and canceling them, like what happens when you step out of line? What happens when you miss one of the things on the list of the good person list? Now they you know, couldn't happen to them because they're obedient, willfully obedient. But and like, that's the thing, like yeah. no one ever takes any of this stuff seriously until it affects them personally. And like you said, you know, you have people who were, upset at you for not taking it and not understanding your point of view and and committed to not understanding your point of view yeah. that now are like hey this this uh this messed me up or this messed up my friend or a family member this this hit home now i get yeah. it now yeah. and it's like well and none of us wanted to be right here that's not what this was about no. it was just like i should be able to make a choice for myself and my personal feelings about this and not have it thrust upon me or mandated and, Amen. and that's the thing about mandates in general are just a, a a terrible way to go about things because they leave no room for nuance in any conversation. No. There's no one size fits all everything that will work for everyone. It's Not everybody fun. can wear a mask all day. Not you know, kids need to see when they're learning how to to speak. Um, you know, people have a hard time breathing in them. Some people just don't want to wear them like, and they're not, you know, they've been proven not be helpful here, but it turned into this virtue signaling tidal wave that you are a terrible person if you won't do this. And then that lays the groundwork for we're going to be even more horrible to you if you won't take the vaccine on top of it. Exactly. And so it, it was like the, the table was set with the masks and then everyone was hit with a flamethrower for the mm -hmm. vaccine. And mm -hmm. It, it, you know, wasn't necessary. You see people not just over this issue, but any issue the last few years. It's oh, like, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're voting for this person, then you're out of my life. Or if you're yeah. voting that way, yeah. leave, you know, unfriend me now. And it's like, why are you getting rid of real people from your life Yeah, for these politicians or corporations that don't care about you at all? No. Like they're glad to have your money. They're glad to take your vote. They're not going to do anything for you. 
but you're going to cut people out of your life over it. But that's what we've been conditioned to do now. Or yeah. we, the outrage mob, we're going to be mad at everything. We're going to be mad at everyone. Everything's yeah. taken out of context. It's all about the headline. Even if the article, you know, disproves its own headline, it doesn't matter. Most people see the headline and they move on because we have no attention span anymore. Mm-hmm. And we, we are losing the ability to have a rational rational conversation with people. Oh yeah. You know, and it's happening on many to, fronts. Yeah. You used to be able to exactly. Mm-hmm. We should be able to disagree on something and still be civil. You know, I don't understand where it's like, well, we disagree here. So I guess that's it. It's yeah. like, really? Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Okay. Bye. Nice knowing you canceled unfollow, mm-hmm. unfollow, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you should see it like a, it happens to me on Twitter all the time. Cause, yeah. Oh cause no, I, more- I, I saw just, I saw the people that ran goes, from me, he goes, people that I've been friends with for a long time. Yeah. It was disappointing to be like, oh, wow, him. Mine oh, are just, wow. Mine are trickling wow. off like okay. a leaky faucet, you know, yeah. and just going away. Oh, oh, God, really? He thinks like that? Forget it. And, you know, you get conditioned, like you said. So so the conditioning goes and spills over into different areas. And, you know, you, you almost have to wonder how this could possibly be by chance when the language has sort of been subverted and, and um, you know, the idea of anything factual has been completely inverted. It's, it's, it's almost like, why would anybody in their right mind want to do this sort of thing? I mean, it's just, I don't know, but to play devil's advocate just for a moment, you know, this thing, say you, you know, all of a sudden that the world hears this thing thrust on them all at once you know, virus is is traveling all over the world and it's, you know, people are getting really sick. That's going to go right in your limbic system and activate the fear factor. It's going to penetrate much deeper than somebody just reading some kind of fact sheet. People, once that they're grabbed on that level of, you know, as deep as their life is threatened, then nothing else is really going to supersede that. And so, so that's already been laid. The foundation has been laid and all the sort of other manipulative stuff has been sort of piled on top of that. You know what I mean? And, Mm -hmm. uh, and so really, but the devil's advocate part, it's like, okay, we're afraid. And so we don't know what to do and who are we supposed to trust? And so we're getting this big media blessed and they're saying, oh, there's a vaccine. No, great. There's hope. So yeah, people want to cling on to hope, natural human tendency. Why wouldn't you? So I get that. Yeah. yeah, we all we both get that. But then when other people came along, were very credible, questioning it and saying, wait, wait a minute, hang on. But but you know, none of it mattered. And it still doesn't, even after all of this. It's one thing if if people are so proud that they don't want to admit they're wrong, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's another thing to not be able to say, you know, I've been fooled. And it's not my fault. So I'm, I can't blame myself for being wrong. I've been lied to. And yeah. therefore, it's not about, it's not on me. So you would think that that would kind of bypass the pride thing. But even then, if, if, if like if I were to try to say, well, you know, we've been fooled. No, no, the science showed me. It's, mm-hmm. I just, it's mind numbing. It's really mind numbing. Yeah. It is. Or it's to say, well, we didn't know. And it's like, yes, we did. I pointed it out to you. Well, you don't count. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. it wasn't just me, but don't say we didn't know. Don't say nobody knew. Don't say nobody said anything. Oh, and yeah. That's the thing. I I have a lot of compassion for everybody's point of view on this. Like, I mean, except sure. for the people in charge, uh, you know, everybody else, we were 
we were in uncharted waters dealing with it the best we could. But the fear campaign was so strong and so intense. Nobody can make good decisions in a state of fear. And I think that was the point. It was like, scare the shit out of everybody, back them into a corner and then give them the Dumbo feather. That's going to let them feel okay again. And, you know, it's, it's a horrible thing to do to the population and the lockdowns and the, you know, that, the catastrophic damage that all of that, you know, from the economy to all so many small businesses, like generational family businesses closed, gone, like nobody could survive that long with their business closed. And then, you know, kids left out of school, like the learning loss is insane. You know, like we spoke about earlier, the younger kids in their development stage, learning to speak. Now they're behind because they're learning how to talk and everyone's got a mask on. Mm -hmm. You know, they can't go out and be around people. Absolutely. And then the the levels of depression and loneliness and alcoholism and drug use, like mm-hmm. just skyrocketing. It's it's so devastating. It's so sad what's happened. And for all these people in charge to just kind of shrug it off and go, oh, kids are resilient. They'll bounce back. Or, <laughs> you know, the economy's booming. What? Do you, and it's like, no, the economy's booming for people in the stock market. Good for them. But the average person is struggling. Absolutely. You know, and it it trickles down through through all industries. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't, you know, it doesn't discriminate except for, you know, above a certain uh, income bracket, then you're a little bit more insulated up there. But mm-hmm. you know, everybody else, we're down here, you know, kind of struggling through yeah, it. Absolutely. And so that message is highly fallacious and and the idea that it could just be, you know, stated point blank by these talking heads. While the reality clearly reflects, you know, the plight that most people are in is just is unbelievable to me, unbelievably hypocritical. Um, like you said, it's for the stockholders, and now there's all this sort of ESG, environmental social governance, and having to have a certain kind of score. Not to mention that when there was supply chain disruptions, you know, people got opportunistic. I know people that were running businesses that were. Uh, one person told me, yeah, it used to t- cost us $8,000 to get our stuff off of the shipping container. And then they started wanting to charge fourteen and 15000 Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. So people mm-hmm. got opportunistic and greedy. And, you know, uh, people got used to staying home. They didn't want to go to work, do anything. And, hey, listen, I'm fine with being able to do things remotely and avoid traffic and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, I want to interact with people. I mean, we're social mm-hmm. beings. We We just to completely isolate because because of some farce is is not it's not healthy for the human race so no our our total existence doesn't belong online like no. you know we're you know the average person is a, a worse version of themselves online than they are in real life yeah. like get out and sure. talk to your neighbor talk to a stranger in sure. the real world you can have a conversation but everyone's real brave and online to just be nasty and and snarky and just yeah. You know, punching down at people or piling yeah, on when yeah. they when they see someone getting canceled, it's like, oh, I want to pile on that, and it's like, all right, cool. Well, you know, I'll let you know that when it happens to you, it doesn't feel good, and that's right. you know, it's it's a tough thing to go through, and it's a tough thing for your wife and kids to have to watch you go through. Yeah, and anyone that takes delight in that or takes glee in it and shows up for every cancellation with a bucket of popcorn, it's like, all right, we'll see how it goes for you. Exactly. But, if you're you're going to be the one that's sort of touting these people and what what they're trying to say, you know, the, the leaders that have sort of, you know, are telling these people uh, this, that, and the other thing, having them drink this kind of Kool-Aid 
And, and, you know, and then if, if it becomes glaringly evident that there's been some wrongdoing, you might see one every once in a while say, you know, we were wrong. We apologize. But for the most part, it's like, Hey, can we just move on and forget it? Yes. You know, well, that's, that's the, my least favorite thing is the, no. is the we need a COVID amnesty because uh-uh. you know, it's time to just move on. And it's like, okay. So since your narrative crumbled, yeah. you don't have a leg to stand on, you don't want to admit you were wrong. So yeah. now we all just want to move on. And I, you know, I'm still talking about it a lot because I don't want to go through this again. I don't want people to forget what they turned us into othering our neighbors yep and it feels like with this new variant they're ramping all this stuff back up and you know for people the last couple months yelling at me going shut up already we it's over move on with your life do something else like i'm not a victim here that's that's not what this is about but until there's some acknowledgement that this was handled so 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 wrong so that it doesn't happen again I can't shut up about it and no. none of us should. And, exactly. you know, at the same time that people are yelling at me to let it go, here comes mask mandates it, rolling exactly. back. Exactly. Here it, comes, you know, so it just proves your it's point. not over. Yeah. No, it's, it's like, no, it's not going to be over either. I saw this in the beginning. I thought this is never going to be over ever. Well, and that's why, you know, when the, the, the option was floated to, for me to take a, get a fake card and keep touring and stuff, it's like, no, I'm not going to do that because number one, that's just adding to the numbers and they get to go look, even you even all these people. But I I was really upset at the, the prospect of some fan of the band going, oh, wow, the whole band got this shot or that guy got it. Well, I'm going to go get it so I can go see them. I'm going to, you know, I didn't want to be influencing anybody's decision one way or another. I was right. just saying, here, I'm not taking it. But yeah. to take a f- for me, and I don't have a problem with anyone who navigated this in a different way, took a card, still working, whatever. But to me, it seemed like a very short-term solution. Obviously, all this is heading digital eventually. And if I did that, then now I don't have a voice. Now well, my family doesn't have a voice. Now right. now what can I say? No, know, no, that's I've, right. I've gotten on board yeah. and now I can't say anything because, you know. Well, you're, you're, you, you don't want to be the example that you're rallying against. Yeah. And, and no, you're not a victim. You're more like Paul Revere, you know, and, and, you know, maybe that's a bad example, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, but, but you know what I'm saying? And, and, yeah. and you're saying, you know, well, it's all going to go digital. You know, if you're going to try to give something away here, uh, you know, are you talking about the sort of uh, passports and things? Yeah. Well, that's, ex- that's a known, that's known data. There are, you know, entities out there that are not elected. I didn't vote for these people. And suddenly they're getting together and saying, hey, we got to have these digital vaccine passports for what? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there there were tens of thousands of people dying from the flu, you know, every month, you know, in the 40,000 bracket and, and you know, and, and people, well, this isn't the flu. Well, the flu's not, you know, and vice versa. That's not the point. The point is, is that, there have been some very deadly strains of flu, and I have contracted them before to the point where they've gone into pneumonia. I coughed myself into a broken rib. I coughed myself into a hernia. I was even patient zero once. I was out playing gigs, and I got very, very ill. Uh, my chest was on fire. I had red blotches all over my body. I broke out, um, and I had to leave and go into a hospital. So I was there for about a week to 10 days, and, you know, they loaded me up with meds and IVs and they were pounding on my back to get the flus out of my chest. And 
um, I was really, really weak. And so after about a week or so, um, I started feeling better. And, um, and I said to them, you know, um, I just want to thank you for, for everything you've done to heal me. And uh, they said, well, we didn't do anything. I said, well, what do you mean? They said, your body did it all. I said, really? Huh. And I said, well, in that case, um, what, what is it that I had? They said, a virus of unknown origin. So that made me patient zero. Now, did they then contact me later and say, we know what this is now? No. Did they, when I was admitted to the hospital, say, where were you before you came here, quarantine him, approach him with hazmat suits, lock the place down? No. Why not? Why not with me? With a virus, somebody came in with a virus of unknown origin, deathly ill, and none of that happened. Wow, I wonder why not. But that's intense, though. Like, you, your body healed you, right? Exactly. My body did it. They told me that my body did it. And they probably gave me every kind of antibiotic and God knows what else. And, and that was the end of it. And I went back on the road and went my merry way. And eventually, you know, within a week or so, my strength came back and Bob's your uncle. But it wasn't pretty. It was not yeah. pretty. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I don't want to start of, you know, go all over the place with this because I wanted to uh, mention earlier when I first became skeptical of it, and when I first saw the media trying to cover its tracks, and this was early on when you know the question of the origin of COVID was being bandied about, and at one point, you know, the whole thing was like, well, it was a met wet market, you know, when the nearest bat cave was a thousand miles away to collect any kind of guano in order to take it to a lab and do any experiments, if I my memory serves me correctly. But but really, but meanwhile, there was a bio lab just kind of really close to there. How convenient. Mm -hmm. But no, it was a it was bat soup. No, it was a pangolin and they had kids and then they went into the soup. No, wait a minute, it was no wrong. So there was actually someone who wrote an article and it was published on May the 5th, 2021. It was written to the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, and it was written by someone called Nicholas Wade. And he is a science writer, editor, and author who has worked on the staff of Nature Science and for many years the New York Times, blah, blah, blah. And he was talking about the origin of COVID. And really, it, the, the headline is, The Origin of COVID, Did People or Nature Open Pandora's Box at Wuhan? Well, you can guess how that, they, they had to scramble. So then the pushback came from writer called David Frum, who wrote mm -hmm. an article for The Atlantic about the pro-Trump culture war on American scientists, and some are trying to turn the lab leak theory into a political potent weapon, and, you know, but there were people that caught on to it really quickly. Uh, one of the first ones that I remember seeing, if my memory serves me correctly, was from Alina Chan, who is a scientific advisor at the Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard and the co-author of Viral, The Search for the Origin of COVID-19. So some people, when they read Wade's article, they're like, what are you talking about? This guy's presenting stuff that's very credible, you know? And then we saw what happened when Jon Stewart went on and, and you know, yeah. it tried to get laughed off, but he wouldn't give up. And I'm thinking, yeah. good for you, good for you. You know, he, he completely ridiculed that. And, and, you know, I, I think he was right for doing it because he, he completely showed that. Meanwhile, we've got people like Peter Daszak and 
Here's something that, that he said. This came from India today, okay? And, and this is something that he himself, who expert member, WHO expert member, Peter Daszak, seen boasting of manipulating killer virus in China in 2016. Then, you, yeah. then when you get a sequence of a virus and it looks like a relative of a known nasty pathogen, just like we did with SARS, we found other coronaviruses in bats, a whole host of them, some of them looked very similar to SARS. So we sequenced the spike protein, the protein that attaches to cells. Then we, well, I didn't do this work, but my colleagues in China did the work. You create pseudoparticles, you, look, you insert the spike proteins from those viruses, see if they bind to human cells. And each step of this, you move closer and closer to this virus could really become pathogenic in people. So you narrow down the field, you reduce the cost, and you end up with a small number of, of viruses that really do look like killers. And there you have it, right, from the horse's mouth. And here on another show, there was a, a podcast, TWIV615 episode, Peter Daszak of the EcoHealth Alliance from Microbe TV. But if you're saying these are diverse uh, coronaviruses and you can't vaccinate against them, there are no antivirals, what, what, do, we, what do we do? Well, so I, I think that coronaviruses are pretty good. I mean, you're a virologist, you know all this stuff, but they, you can um, manipulate them in the lab pretty easily. It's yeah. just spike protein drives a lot of what happens with the yeah. coronavirus, uh, zoonotic risk. So you can get the sequence, you can build the protein, and we work with Ralph Barrick at UNC mm -hmm. to do this. Um, insert it into the backbone of another virus right. and do do some work in the lab. So you can get more predictive when you find a sequence. You've got okay. this diversity. Now, the, the logical progression for vaccines is if you're going to develop a vaccine for SARS, mm -hmm. people are going to use um, you know pandemic SARS as yeah, sure, sure. But let's try and insert some of these other yeah, sure. related and, and get a better vaccine. And I guess also knowledge of what's there. If you see something emerging, it'd give it a head start on making yeah. You get the picture. And, and there is no lack of context there. It's just you're talking about manipulating a, a coronavirus. And why? And why? Yeah. Why would you? Why are you inserting these things to make this something that it wasn't going to be, but now you've escalated it to the point where, yeah, it will be dangerous to humans. Why would we do this? Sounds specifically like weaponizing it. You yeah, know, it just sounds like Jurassic Park. Like, you, you yeah. know, you all got so caught up into whether you could do something, you didn't stop to think about whether you should. And yeah. And the other thing is, is that recently in California, in Fresno, actually, that there was this abandoned building that was, it was accidentally discovered because of some hose uh, going on it or coming out of it, that, that it was a clandestine biolab being operated in what looked like a deserted building, but it was illegally run and they, and they were... They were trying to make COVID more infectious in rats and mice. So it's, that basically spells gain of function. You know? yeah. and, and there were other pathogens, I think, that were discovered there as well. And so if there is one under our noses, then it begs the question, how many more could there be? You know, so, uh, and, and you know, it's another thing that most people think, oh, no, not possible. Why would there be some illegally operating lab doing this? You know, uh, well, because there's a huge controversy around gain of function and it being funded and being prohibited from being done, and and, and you know, and then they then it got moved over to China so that it could be done, and you know, yeah. 
who was involved yeah in when that. it got outlawed here they just moved it over there exactly and, you know the funding is still coming from here everything is still going through mm-hmm. you know dasx group and eco health alliance and for some reason that dude seems to be in in the middle of all of these different experiments that are going mm-hmm. on everywhere and he's getting all these research grants but you know no one wants to bring that up when we're trying to figure out where this came from it's like oh it couldn't be over there <laughs> you know once again yeah it's, it's, you know, more it, likely that it jumped species at a rate that we've never seen before. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I, I scratch my head constantly trying to figure out the why of this. I mean, it's like the biggest psychological mystery, but, but there were experiments done, uh, you know, that kind of reveal the reasons about this. There was, um, you know, the Milgram experiment and, and, yeah. and the Ash experiment, those things that dealt with conformity and obeying orders and, and all of that sort of stuff. It's, you know, that, that, that stuff there explains a ton. I mean, the, the, you know, the conclusion that of the Milgram experiment was that ordinary people are likely to follow orders given by an authority figure, even to the extent of harming an innocent human being. Obedience yeah. to authority is ingrained in us from all the way where we are brought up. And yeah. so, yeah, this is the kind of stuff that that they're doing. And, and it in and of itself is, I mean, to me, to do that, just to get people to comply over something that's just patently bullshit is, I'm, I'm going to coin the term evil. I'm going to say it. Yeah. I am going to say evil. Not well, and if you won't go along with it, yeah. you know, they'll make an example out of you because exactly. it's like, you know, we're we're relying on compliance, we're relying on people will obey authority here and we'll, you know, we'll drown them in propaganda of yeah. science, 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 science until mm-hmm. they're putting signs in the yard saying we in this house we follow the science or whatever, you know. Yeah. And if you have a question or you're like, Hey, what about, it's just like, Nope, you're a terrible person. You're bad. Now you're an example. Cause now look at everybody else. You don't want to be like the bad guy over here, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think partly it was, it was successful. I mean, the amount of people that reached out to me and said, I thought I was totally alone here was astronomical and it was worldwide the same way that the propaganda circulated worldwide. You know, the day that it became a, a pandemic of the unvaccinated, yeah. That was the the marching orders talking point that went everywhere mm-hmm. within the same 24 hours. Every world leader was calling it that. And, you know, back to coercing and othering and, you know, watch out for your neighbor. And don't, these these are dangerous people. You don't want to be around them. And, you know, meanwhile, anyone on the news that was spewing nonsense of, you know, the virus stops with every vaccinated person. We know this and it you, you can't, you know, you won't get COVID if you've got these injections. And yeah. it's like, no, that's, you know, that's nonsense. You know, that's not true. Mm-hmm. But all of those statements are still out there. Those aren't flagged as misinformation, even though they're demonstrably wrong, that any reasonable person at, at this point would look back and go, okay, yeah, at the time I believed that, but now that's nonsense. You know, of course we know that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know too many people that, you know, got the shot and didn't get another round of COVID or didn't, you know, and I know a lot of people like to say, well, it would have been so much worse if I hadn't. It's like, we don't know that you can't prove a negative. Like that's, that's like me saying, well, you know, um, mine, mine must be terrible when I catch it since I'm unvaccinated. It wasn't, it was like having a cold, you know? So, and I know everybody's different 
and everyone's going to process it differently. Um, but to that, you could only go in one direction with your information was, I mean, that's crazy. It is crazy. crazy. Absolutely. So, so Pete, I'm just, we both see that there is, there is a, and we're very acutely aware of any kind of signals that something else is right around the corner because we know what to watch for. And it's based on past behavior that has bore itself out. Um, so, so the, so I'm wondering what the path forward is in, in, you know, uh, by and large. And I mean, for me, the path forward for me is to just, you know, stay my course and, um, remain in the truth. You know, I think that's all we can do. I mean, if, if, you know, places start rolling it back out, like, oh, you can't come shop here unless you have a mask on. All right. I will, I'll take my business elsewhere or you can't come eat over here unless you show us your vaccine card, I will go eat somewhere else. Like, and I, I think enough people are fed up this time. I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful anything could happen, Yeah. but I hear from enough people that are like, I'd never took it. I'm never gonna, or I did mine. I'm done. I'm not doing this again. I'm not going back through this again. I'm not closing my business down. Like we barely made it last time. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, think they're going to have as warm and compliant a reception as, as they did last time, but that won't stop them from trying. Yeah. And I, I just hope people can remember, which is the point of still talking about all this is to not let people forget, you know, if you were terrible to someone, someone close to you, because they wouldn't do this, you cut them out of your life. They weren't invited to Christmas or they were uninvited to Thanksgiving, or, you know, you won't speak to them anymore. Yeah. Think about that. Was it, was it worth that? Did, Did it, you know, do you feel good about that now? If not, don't do it again. Exactly. Think, think, think harder this time before knee-jerk reacting with the outrage mob and going after people. Exactly. And, you know, and remember, like you said earlier, the same people in fall of 2020 that were saying, I'll never take a Trump vaccine. You know, once the White House flipped a few months later, those same people were saying, everyone's got to take this amazing new vaccine. Everyone's got to get on board. So, you know, political football, you know, everyone just saying whatever suits them at at the time. And and that was the most annoying thing to me about seeing artists and, you know, actors and musicians and stuff out there trying to other people and other their audience and like, no, don't come to my show if you're if you're not vaccinated or, you know, we're all we're all benevolent, great people. Um, you know, come give us your money and clap for us again. Like it, you know, not, none of it made any sense. And that, no. that's, I think that's still the hardest thing for me to, to wrap my head around. And mm-hmm. I, I try not to keep saying that, but it, it's still true. Yeah, it is. And, you know, and, and on a, on a hopeful note, we now have RFK Jr. running uh, and he's lifting the lid off of a lot of stuff. And as much as uh, they try to poo poo him and, and, you know, and the knives come out for him None of them, I can't think of one person, and I look for this stuff as well, that has disproved any of his valid points that he can back up. And as we both know, people are loath to dispute him. You know, they'll say things, you know, uh, that that can be, that can't be answered to, like writing something online, but going toe-to-toe with him is a different yeah. thing. Or going toe to toe with anybody. When we talk about being able to have a conversation, we don't see a lot of this stuff happening in real time where people are going to come back and say, "No, you know, that's false information." 
you know, will, will tell me right now in front right. of my face because yep. I can show me where I'm wrong. Here's my, here are my receipts. Show me where I'm wrong. And he is willing to accept that same here. I, I mean, I have my ideas that I think are founded on good evidential data as to a larger picture of why this is happening that I don't even want to get into here because then we'll get into a three hour podcast, right. you know, but, but in, in as much as we were saying earlier that we're not concerned about being right to be right. We're concerned about disseminating something and by example, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to, to empower people and say, Hey, wait a second. You know, there, there is another side to this. Um, we don't you know, have to do this again. Right. Exactly. And, and the fact that he's, he's doing that is, is, is really, um, a hopeful to me, you know, me too. And he's, he's a genuine person. I mean, one of the, he was one of the first people to reach out to me and my family when my story broke in the midst of getting harassed and bombarded from CNN and Fox news and everybody else. Here's Bobby Kennedy going, Hey, what can I do? You okay? How's it going? Like Fantastic. super sweet, just, you know, didn't want anything, didn't need anything, just wanted to lend support. Cause he knows it's like, yeah, you, you face a firing squad. It's hard. How you holding up? Are you okay? You know, was so sweet. So I'm so excited that he's running Yeah, and, you know, and I, I love that he is forcing um, not just the democratic party, but both parties to have conversations that they are usually committed to avoiding. And uh, it's been a real breath of fresh air Mm -hmm. because he's, he's awakening people on both sides Mm -hmm. of the aisle that feel disaffected and left out. You know, I think, I think everyone's been cordoned off into this divide of, well, you're either on this team or that team. And if you're over here, you believe all these things. No question. Mm -hmm. If you're over here, you believe this, no question. It's like, well, what about the rest of us in the middle here with no one to represent us? And, you know, here comes somebody that's, that's talking sense and representing everybody and not pushing, not, not denigrating anybody, not punching down, Mm -hmm. just saying, here's my message. I think the country's off track. Here's here are tangible ways. I think we can bring it back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know everyone, every election season, you know, the opposing party, the country's off track and I'm going to set it straight, but it, you know, it's always empty promises and stuff, but he's really laying out some real plans for, for moving things forward. And I, I'm excited of the prospect of the conversation he's starting Yeah, and forcing, which is great. Me too. I mean, he, the, just the way that he handled himself in those hearings when he was really mm-hmm. being treated, oh my goodness, uh, that's a testimony of his, his temperament and his character and, you know, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so and speaking of the way forward, what is next for Pete Parada? Well, um, it's been, you know, it's been a wild ride the last two years. You know, I had to shift pretty quickly out of, okay, I'm not a touring musician in this band anymore, mm-hmm. but I still have a family to feed. Sure. So we've got a transition. So I've, I've been doing all kinds of stuff. I mean, it, it, you, you land at a place where you're just like, I'll, I'll, I'll look into that. You know, somebody said, Hey, can you, can you write a song for this cartoon score? Yep. I'll do that. You know, Hey, can you, can you do drum tracks for me? I do a ton of drum tracks for people here. That's kind of what keeps me the busiest. Um, I've been making a record with Tim pool for the last, uh, almost two years now we've Mm -hmm. released three songs so far. There's another one coming really soon. And that's been a real, real treat for me. Like he, he picked up my story very early on was championing in it. And I, I wasn't familiar with him at the time. And people kept saying, Hey, Tim pool talked about his show last night. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that is. And then it was like, Hey, Tim pool talked about you on Joe Rogan. And I'm like, 
all right, let me let me figure this out. And then, you know, I go and watch that and I go back and watch his other stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, this guy's actually really cool. So I reached out just to say, hey, thank you. I appreciate the support. And he's like, absolutely. Come hang out, you know, brought Great. me out to his place in West Virginia. We just kind of chilled out for a few days, talked about music and politics and the world. And, um, you know, he starts playing guitar and singing and showing me these songs. And I'm like, hey, this stuff is really good. Why don't we do something with it? And it's like, oh, you want to play drums on it? I'm like, yeah. So he's got his music supervisor, Carter Banks, there at Timcast. And when they get a song whipped up into an arrangement, they send it over to me. And I'm always excited because every <laughs> every time it's something different and it's fun and it's going to be cool. And Excellent. so I just have a blast in here just banging out drums and sending it back. So, you know, I started doing a lot of that. I, I started doing <clears throat> more of my own personal songwriting and recording and it was neat to feel creative again because I hadn't. I mean, you know how it goes if you're sure. if you're a, in a in a band or you're a touring person or whatever. Like you've got your script, you you know how how they want it played. You do your thing yep. every night, and you're not necessarily, at least in my case, not really asked to bring a lot of yourself to it. Um, so it was really exciting for me to get in here in my own studio and just start making noise, start making music. Yeah. Had a good buddy of mine reach out out of nowhere and just said, Hey, how are you doing? He's like, I'm writing silly songs. How about we just start a project? I need to see <laughs> that you're playing drums again and Great. pulled me out of it. You know, came, drove here to Nashville, brought his guitar, brought his buddy. And we just, you know, made a record in here over the course of a week, just, you know, making noise, making racket. So then I, got hired by the splice company that's does like loops and sound back yeah. sound packs and producer packs. They hired me to do a, a pop punk loops and um, you know, one shot single hits and stuff pack yeah. last year mm. um, that did really well. So that's exciting. It's on splice. If you want to make some pop punk songs, go get it. Yeah. Good. And right now I'm, I'm working on a, a second pack for them this month, getting, getting that up and running. Um, I filled in on tours with some people. Um, and um, But mostly the last year and a half has been really focused on my new band, The Defiant. Um, the, the vocalist from the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, Dickie Barrett, went through a similar situation as me. You know, his, his band uh, deteriorated over these issues and he was the announcer on Jimmy Kimmel Live since the beginning, you know, 20 years in on that show. And so he had the whole Disney ABC apparatus breathing down his neck and, um, you know, had had to to make his choice and make his stand and and did. And he, you know, went through a lot of the same things as me and reached out to me um, and just said, hey, I saw your story. And I was like, yeah, I saw your story. And he's like, I think we should work together. I got this idea for a new project. And he introduced me to Greg Camp, who was the guitar player and songwriter for Smash Mouth, wrote all their hit songs. And then he brought in Johnny Rio from this punk band, The Street Dogs, on bass, who's a phenomenal bass player. Mm. And then we brought in Joey LaRocca from the L.A. band, The Briggs, who's a great, crazy great songwriter. And so we just started kicking these ideas around and this band started taking shape. And the more that, you know, we'd send files back and forth because we're spread out all over the place. Every time I got something in here and I'm hitting record and I'm just going for it, it was so freeing to be, there's nobody on the other side of the glass, you know, doing this, right. watch or, right. you know, it was just me right. and, and the drums. And so a lot of what's on this record is very spontaneous. A lot of first takes, a lot of first instincts. And, um, it was really exciting 
for it to all come together. So we mm -hmm. finally, a week and a half ago, we released our first song, Dead Language. And there's a video for that up on YouTube and Rumble. And it's getting a really good response. It's it's super catchy. It's fun. It's got something to say. And the whole record will be out October 27th. Uh, between now and then, we're releasing two more songs um, to let people know a little bit more what the, what the album's about, what the band is about. But it's just been a really amazing experience for me because like everybody in this band is kind of, you know, like-minded people, not on everything, which is great. So we can have conversations that are smart and disagree and civil and, but the, the music itself is very unifying and the message of the band is unifying. And I, I think that was what was exciting for me. You know, we announced the band back in January, mm. but you know, with record companies and everything, everything takes time. Right. So we couldn't, mm. this is the fastest we could get the music out. Yeah. So we finally get a song out in August. And I think people were expecting angry punk rock, right? Oh, these guys are going to be angry. Look at all these things that happen to them. And it's not an angry record. It's not an angry song. Like we're singing about our experiences. We're talking about things that have happened or things we disagree in the world and we wish were different, but we're not just bitching about it and moving on. We're, you know, offering solutions or calling for unity or how yeah. can we come together around this? We all, yeah. we all have so much more in common than we, than we have uh, in as a disagreement. And for me, my goal with anyone is to find some common ground, you know, mm -hmm. even someone that's going to come after me online. It's like, all right, well, are you just going to shout talking points at me or do you want to have a conversation? Because we can right. talk about things if you're here to talk. But if you're just committed to misunderstanding my points of view and, you know, thinking you can show up and dunk on me, then, you know, we're wasting our time here. Yeah. So it's exciting to have this music coming out that I'm such a big part of, you know, as drummers, you know, we we end up being the guy that's brought in to replace somebody, right? And, you know, so it's not usually the original guy in the band that ends up there yeah. longev for longevity. It's yeah. the, the first person to get replaced is usually the drummer. Mm. And so it has been such a long time since I was in on the ground floor of a band, you know, down to the brass tacks, writing the songs. Like, what are we going to do? We're starting with the blank page and having a complete album that yeah. I'm super proud of and excited to get out in the world. So it's been really like filling my heart the last year and a half working on this because Great. it's, it's so fun. It's like, all right, this is why it took me back to being a kid. This is why I sat in my basement, you know, struggling right. to learn these beats or work on the independence, you know, drumming is you yeah. against the drums. It's very mm. solitary. It's very, mm. it can be lonely, but exciting. Oh, yeah. And I like that. I'm like, cool, singular focus. Here I am. Mm -hmm. I'm going to play this pattern over and over and over until it's second nature. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's, it's exciting to feel creative again, as, as terrible as I felt two years ago. Now I'm in such a much better place. And it's, it's really been a blessing to learn so much about myself and have to grow new parts of myself. And, you know, I'm, I've always been a pretty compliant person. I'm easygoing. I'm the drummer. I hang out in the back. I understand where where I'm wanted and where I'm not. And, you know, I'm good at that. And I was able to to do that for a long time. I don't want to be like that anymore. I don't want to be beholden to one person's whims anymore. I don't want to be in a group where I'm just waiting for the phone to ring or I can't make plans to go to a wedding because I'm on call or I don't have a say in whether we go on this tour or not or right. if I'm going to miss my right. kid's birthday, you mm -hmm. know? So it's like to be back in a position where I actually have a say in things 
And, you know, there's nobody that can call up with a flamethrower screaming at me to do something that, it, that I don't want to do. And I can't do, I'm not in that position anymore. And I, and I, you know, it's the biggest blessing has been to realize that I'm, I don't ever want to be in that position again. Great. That's so heartwarming for me to hear that, Pete. It's I, you deserve that. And, and it's, it's just, wow. What a great, great way to, uh, to end this amazing conversation. It's just, uh, I could congratulate you and I'm happy for you. I really thank know. you, my friend. And, yeah. and your support has meant a lot these last couple of years too. You know, I, I never growing up and I, and you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to embarrass you here, but you know, <laughs> idolizing your playing. And when I was at musicians Institute, we would, they had a little library there where you could pop in video cassettes and watch instructional videos. And I remember watching your video, the one where you had like the blue and red hydraulic heads or whatever, whichever that one was. And me <laughs> and my my friend that I moved to LA with, we'd be like, watch this one, watch what Vinny's doing. And I couldn't, I can never play like that, but I admired it. It was inspiring. Like it wasn't like, cool, I'm going to watch Vinny and then I'm going to go play like that. No, that's nonsense. Nobody can do that but you. But it was inspiring to me to see that and to, and then to become friends with you on top of that is just the icing on the cake. So yeah. I, I appreciate you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Pete. And, and, you know, yeah, none of us can be like each other. I mean, we, we all have unique gifts and we do what we do and, and, and then mm -hmm. we just compliment each other. And I think that's just a beautiful thing, man. I, yeah, it really is. Well, right? that's the thing is that we, we yeah. get, people get caught up in competition and I think it's so bad now with social media and, and the online world is where we're competing with people that are competing with themselves and they, we, we are all inflating ourselves into this importance. And, the way I look at it, like there's not too many gigs I've ever gone out for that I didn't get that gig, right? Which is fortunate and something. But yeah. it, for me, it makes me realize, well, I have something to offer and I don't play like this guy and I don't play like that guy, but I play like me. Exactly. And it, and it and I'm a, you know, I'm a I'm told I'm a fairly fun person to be around. I'm pleasant to work with. And you know, Amen. that goes a long way sure on does. top of, you know, being a good player. Yeah. So I, I, it's been a nice lesson for me to sit back and go, I don't have to be this person because that's not me. I don't have to compete over here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do what I do. This is who I am. I'm good at it. And that's enough for me. And I enjoy it. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Amen, Pete. Well, you know, again, I, I can't uh, thank our, our guests enough, uh, Pete Parada so much for coming on the show and and i hope that you've all enjoyed this episode please stay tuned for the next episode of breakfast with vinnie